Well, we have a main event for SummerSlam, which you would have thought would have been the big story, week two of that build. But Sunday night, the most credible site for wrestling news, TMZ, broke the story that Spike TV will be canceling the uh, program known as Impact Wrestling, or for the people who have been watching for a lot longer, know it as Total Nonstop Action Wrestling. We've heard different reports on both ends. Dixie Carter on her Twitter feed has multiple times said that it's not official yet. Uh, Spike TV, by having no comment, basically saying that it's not dead in the water. But, you know, on a week where you thought that it would be week two of the build of Brock and Cena, the big story is coming from the de facto number two company. Will it really be a company by Bound for Glory? TNA Wrestling, Spike TV, we might be seeing the end after uh, October. Jason, how you doing today? And uh, I wasn't expecting this, to say the least, when we decided to do a show on this Tuesday to be talking about the possible death of TNA when it comes to a TV partnership. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's crazy. Um, according to uh, PWTorch.net, um, uh, Spike officials, the Spike representative, um, indicated that negotiations are ongoing. Um, according to Court Bauer, of course, who's a former writer for the WWE, um, does a pod, you know podcast on MLW. He's got a lot going on. He has sources that state that the deal is off and that um, as of October when the contract expires, Spike TV will no longer be televising total nonstop action impact wrestling. So we have some conflicting reports. And so, you know, it, it's this is going to be very speculative, um, which our shows you know, oftentimes based on. But I don't know. I, you know, we're hearing Dixie saying that, you know, negotiations are ongoing. You know, we're hearing from Spike TV, from sources that negotiations are ongoing. We're hearing from other sources that there is no deal. Negotiations are not ongoing. Um, if you're a TNA, obviously you don't want this to come out, that negotiations aren't ongoing. Because then, you know, why are you going to watch their shows for the next few months if they're not going to be a company anymore? I mean, I think they have shows for like the next few months already in the can. So, you know, that doesn't make any sense. Um, and the shows have been much better, but that's almost like another story. Um, you know, if you're Spike TV, I, I just don't know. And I, I, we do have a new blog, which we'll, we'll talk about later. But, you know, if you're TNA, and, and apparently, and Corey, I don't know if you know this, but the, the rumor is, according to Dave Meltzer of Figure Four Online, supposedly the whole Vince Russo incident had something to do with, with this as well. Because Spike TV, you know, uh, for those who don't know Vince Russo, um, was former head writer of WWE, TNA, WCW, had a rough relationship with TNA over the last, you know, several years, had a rough relationship with Spike as well, who wanted him out. And he's been out, so we thought. Um, he wrote a, wrote an email. He, he's been denying that he's not been there. And it came out that he is a consultant with TNA in terms of their TV announcing product. Um, Spike is not happy that Russo is a part of this, according to what Cor Bauer said, according to what Meltzer said. And so that's got a, something to do with this, supposedly. 
So the, anyway, I, I don't know. There's all the speculation of what's going to happen. Corey, the, I don't understand. This is the one question that I'm struggling with. Spike TV is a pretty, like, crappy network. Like, it's there's not much going on there except for, like, cops and reruns. And that bottle rescue show, if you watch that, it's pretty good. But anyway, other than that, they don't have much going on, right? So this one show brings in one million people every week. No doubt, one million people all the time every week. The same one million probably, but one million. And their ratings have actually been better the last couple of weeks. They don't have many shows in this network that even come close to doing that kind of rating. Why in the world would they not renew? Why would they not renew with TNA? Does this make sense to you? Um, you know what? I think that, well, for for the first time I think ever in the history of this program, even though you've subscribed to our podcast, you know who we are. This is the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. Sorry, I forgot to do that because, you know, it's such a big story this week. But um, Spike TV has had a long history, even when it was TNN, uh, with wrestling. They started with ECW, decided to let ECW go in its dying days for WWE. Relationship with WWE soured. They let WWE go. And now they've uh, appearing to let... TNA go. So, I mean, you wonder if this is going to be a new change of direction for the network. I mean, they still have Bellator, which is, to put it nicely, the TNA version of UFC when it comes to <laughs> WWE. I mean, they're changing their format. They're going with Scott Coker, who used to be with uh, Showtime when they had Strike Force. I mean, so he knows what he's doing. They're going in a new direction with that. They've got Glory, the kickboxing. So, I mean, I don't know if they're just going with a whole tight idea if we're going with real competitive sports, but when they had UFC back in the day with TNA, they both worked well together. WWE Raw with with, U- with UFC worked together. I mean, there's stories back in the day where if it wasn't for the WWE, there would have been no Ultimate Fighter. No Ultimate Fighter. UFC would have never got, you know, this huge deal, huge, you know, huge uh, deal for seven years and all this money with Fox. I mean, there has been a relationship in the past with Spike TV and wrestling promotions, but pretty much every single time they end badly. So I don't know. Maybe it's a little bit of a shakeup of what's going on. Um, I was—I'll be honest—I was really shocked, especially on the fact that, like I like I have told people earlier, I went to two out of the three tapings uh, last month for TNA, and you were hearing on their Twitter page that at the August fifth through seven tapings, which at this time I'm not going to that they were going to have an announcement about the TV deal. So, I mean, as of a couple of weeks ago, it looked like this TV deal was done. I mean, is there someone else out there that can save TNA? Can TNA survive without TV? I mean, I don't think it could survive without TV. And the idea that, you know, a Fox Sports 1, which is a uh, besides having UFC, there's really not much going on there. They weren't interested, supposedly, in the WWE. Why would they be interested in TNA? You know, NBC Sportsnet, maybe they might be. There might be other people out there, but when you're when it comes out this vocally that you're basically done with Spike TV, that hurts your negotiation because you don't actually have somewhere to go back as a fallback like WWE had with the USA Network. If nobody wanted them, USA Network was still involved. TNA not having Spike supposedly. I mean, like I said, 
these type of stories change hour by hour, minute by minute. So by the time we're done with this podcast, it could be a release saying we have a deal. We don't know. But as of right now, based on credible sources, TNA is in some bad shape. And it's amazing. Like you were saying, it's a, the better the product, the worse it looks like the news for TNA. Well, I mean, look, it took years for them to get to this point. You know what I mean? I mean, I think last week was their best show, and of course, I can't, I can't tell you the last time they had a show that good. I think it was much better than the week before. I think it's one of the best shows I've seen them have easily since we started doing the podcast. Um, I thought it was a really, really good show. Um, and, you know, it's sad. I mean, we talk about and I'm sure we're going to speculate about eventually what guys could jump to WWE and all that stuff. But, you know, WWE's got their own stuff going on. You know, there's there's reports, and I'm sure we'll talk about this, about them possibly releasing guys on Thursday. You know, the network numbers are coming out. They're not doing great financially. They're, gonna, they're losing money this year because of the network. So it's like, you know, where are they going to get money to sign all of these guys? And a lot of TNA's guys are guys who are in the WWE. So do they want these guys back? Do they want Kennedy back? Do they want, you know, Hardy back? Do they want these guys back? So you've got these wrestlers who, you know, may I, I mean, I, you know, if I were there, if I were employed with the company, and if I were Jeremy Borax, I'd be really nervous. Um, if I were those guys with the company, those wrestlers, I'd definitely be really nervous. You know, they have families, they have, um, you know, they, this is their income. And it's just not good for wrestling, you know. Um, there's people on the message boards, and you know, I'm on the message board, the Yup, I Like Wrestling board, and, you know, guys there are, like, chant cheering that TNA's going out of business. Like, it's absurd. Like, you, the, to cheer for a company to go out of business, and these guys have families is ridiculous. And as much as TNA's had their issues over the years, they're still a viable wrestling company, or they were. I mean, we'll see in a couple of months. And you don't ever want to see a wrestling company go out of business. Uh, can Ring of Honor take some of these guys on? I, I don't, I don't, maybe, I don't know. But I don't know. It, it, there's just so much going on and so much that we don't know at this time. Um, I, I just, I really don't want to see the company go under. I really want someone to pick them up. But Corey, they've had months to figure this out with this deal. And People have said, there's still no deal. There's still no deal. We need to be worried. We need to be worried. And I thought, Corey, I swear I thought, oh, they'll get this handled. That's why we haven't really talked about it on the show. I mean, a little bit, but we've mostly talked about the fact that the shows have been improving. I mean, it is it is amazing. I'm so, sorry to cut you off there. but No, you're good. It's amazing. Like I said, in my everyday life, I work for one of the, uh, the major television uh, networks, and... When it comes to the fall schedule, that's done basically like in May for September. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's July 20, la, 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 29th. July 29th. That's basically two months from the uh, start of the new, uh, new TV season. And I understand that wrestling is a 52-week project, so it's not like a normal network television but you channels want to have their schedules locked in way in advance so you can sell advertising and everything else. I know we had the discussion with WWE a couple of months back with the network where the people who advertise wrestling isn't exactly the high, as highbrow as other things. But, you know, you want to get all your ducks in a row. 
for the landscape of television is a very shaky thing. And Spike TV, I think, is crazy for getting rid of TNA unless they have another property we don't know about ready. And that other property, I don't think, is the Jeff Jarrett property. Because unless, I think the way that it was scheduled, at least with uh, Spike TV when he left, in order for Spike TV to work with Jeff Jarrett, TNA would basically, I think, has to be out of business. I mean, yeah, this might kill TNA, but, you know, I don't see, I don't see Ring of Honor right now jumping to there, especially, I don't, was Sinclair going to basically give up ownership of this company? I mean, I was surprised that the, the, like I said, with Viacom, I know this, uh, for the people who don't like MMA, they're most likely going and yawning and saying, please talk wrestling, but it's a short point here. Viacom, the major company, bought Bellator which is, like I said, the number two to UFC. So they own the company. So what you know, about the idea of Spike owning, buying TNA? That's something that I think might have been spoken about in the past, but I mean, never wait. I mean, could this be the, the new idea where we think that they're not going to renew them, but part of the idea of being renewed is they let them buy the company? I mean, you got to wonder, though, what is this company really worth right now? You had back in the day when WCW decided that it was being canceled by Time Warner AOL. And there was the famous story of the idea that they offered Eric Bischoff to buy the company. And the thing was, he could have bought the company for a decent price. But all he, if you're not buying the TV time and the, you know, the tape library and everything, having the name is worthless. Especially well, when it's well, TV. Hold on, though. First of all, WCW was making, wasn't losing money hand over fist. There was issues with AOL and all that stuff. Spike is doing well with TNA in terms of the TV product. If they bought TNA and a lot of that overhead would be gone and they would just broadcast them on television, they make money off TNA. There's no doubt about it. So to me, if they bought the company, and I'm I'm no business major, that's for damn sure, but it, it seems to me just kind of putting two and two together and using logic if they bought TNA and they would, they would be in control of the overhead, in control of a lot of things that are going on, they already do pretty well ratings-wise with them. You know, I think that – I don't know if that's what their plan is, but it's it's absolutely would be a viable option in my mind. Um, I just don't know where TNA could, could go, uh, you know, TV product-wise. There's really nowhere for them to go. Well, what do you – I'm sorry, let you finish it. My apologies. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? Like I said, I brought up a couple of minutes ago. I mean, the only other options that you can see is maybe Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports 2, which a lot of people even have less people have Fox Sports 2 than they have Fox Sports 1. you got CBS Sportsnet. You've got NBC Sportsnet. Uh, yeah, but, well, are these places going to want to be, networks going to want to be affiliated with wrestling? I mean, the, you know, back in the 80s, in the 90s, you know, ESPN had wrestling, and it was looked at a little differently. Now it's really, really looked at as low-brow television. As much as we have this podcast about it, we've been watching it for 30 years, a lot of networks really look down on it. Uh, on Spike, it's something that's doable. I mean, literally, they show cops all the time, <laughs> which is the lowest-brow TV that you can get. No, but NBC Sports has shows on there that are 
you know, I, you know, they have the English Premier League. They have a lot of football covers. They have, you know, all the stuff on there. I don't know if they would want to be looked at as we have wrestling. Uh, same thing with Fox Sports, although that company, although that network is is awful. You know, they still want to, you know, low quote unquote lower themselves to having wrestling on there. I don't know. I think wrestling's looked at a lot differently now than it was looked at 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And I don't know if these. I, I feel like it would have to be a spike. It would have to be a network that was completely desperate um, for live, you know, for live for live television show. I so I I don't know. I don't know. Lifetime maybe. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Then you know what? We'll have a lot more shirtless men on TV than we need. Um, but I don't know. Like I said, it's an interesting subject. I mean, this could go a lot of ways. I mean, in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be a lot more of what we'll be talking about. I mean, WWE is going to be having their own problems or maybe success in the next couple of days on uh, this Thursday with their uh, conference call to tell you how many more people have the WWE Network, which... If the number isn't as good as they hope, we might have quite a few cuts as a result because supposedly they have to cut, what, $20 million by the end of the year. I believe there's been rumors out there. Um, now, as I said, like I said, TNA, I don't know where a lot of these guys would go. Like I said, that's something we could talk about down the line. But a lot of the guys who have any name recognition at all are in their mid-30s, early, maybe even their early 40s. And you saw with a guy like AJ Styles, he who's maybe the, the best talent out there that's you know not in the WWE possibly. I mean, he's got a great gig in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he's part of the G1 Climax, which is going great. But if they're not bringing in someone like him, even to, to be in NXT for a short period of time, who are they going to bring in that, you know, the Bully Ray, maybe he'll get it because he's been so good with the character, maybe he and he's got the pedigree. He's 43 years old. I agree. Samoa Joe, I mean, this would be a lot easier for Samoa Joe to get in there right now. He's 37, if, 36. If, right, if CM Punk was still part of the fold, and that's our, might be, I guess, our CM Punk moment of the week. But um, who else is Jay, uh, Jeff Hardy? I mean, if he could pass a wellness test, maybe he could come back and he would still be able to sell the merchandise. Kurt Angle, who, who knows? You talk to most people, they don't believe that he can pass the uh, the physical, even though supposedly he's been clean and everything for a year. If you listen to the JR podcast, I believe it's 11 months. There aren't a lot of guys that have that name value that WWE is going to go and spend money on. I mean, you could, you could go and say they might be making WWE might be making a mistake by bringing in a high a high amount of money guy like a Y2J when you just had these cuts. You know, so I mean. It's not like they're going to bring in all these TNA guys. And with Global Force Wrestling, which you would think would be the solution to some of these guys, if Jeff Jarrett can get... Wait, yeah, wait, and that's the thing. I don't... This Global Force Wrestling core sounds Terrible. so shaky. It sounds so, so shaky. The website's a piece of shit. Nobody knows what's going on. He's doing... You know, they have all these um, partnerships lined up and all this stuff. We have no idea who the wrestlers are going to be. It's supposedly a database... We don't know what TV they're gonna going to be on. It just sounds like it sounds like a, a pyramid scheme. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know, I don't trust. Like I don't totally trust what this is going to be yet. Um, so I don't know that guys can go there. Maybe, 
Um, Ring of Honor is pretty solid, but I think Ring of Honor has a plan, uh, like an economical plan on what they want to do, yeah. which means bringing in guys, you know, slowly and every now and then, not, you know, having a, a million guys there. And then as we saw on um, TNA, they brought in Ezekiel Jackson and Snitsky. I don't know why the hell they brought in Snitsky, but I think that you know, was guys, for, just for that for those three shows. I don't expect them just to, to make those appearances. Okay, so you know, okay, so that, those are just guys for those appearances. Although I think Jackson is, is okay, but yeah, okay. um, you know, I don't know. There's going to be a lot of guys probably unemployed, and um, you know, it's it's a shame. It re- it really is. Now, how long, before we go to break and we get back and we come back, we'll talk about the WWE SummerSlam and other things going on there. But how long could this company last if they don't have American television? No, uh, they can't. No, they. I mean, uh, from what I've been reading, from what I've been seeing, from what I've been hearing, if they can't, if, uh, you know, the, the deals that they have overseas is not enough, um, not enough money to keep the company going. Um, they need American television to keep the company going. So if they don't have television, and we also have to remember, too, Spike is giving them, you know, uh, quite a bit of money to put their TV on. Spike could say, hey, we're going to cut it in half, or we're going to cut it by 25%, or cut it, you know, cut it by more. Then that means TNA would have to cut even more, you know, than they already have making some cuts over the last couple of months. So, there are ways that TNA can stay around. Hopefully they will. But I still think almost no matter what, this version of TNA is going to be stripped down quite a bit. Um, it's already been stripped down. I see it being stripped down more. You know, signing guys like Kurt Angle, signing these guys, they need to lower these costs big time. And um, whether they stay with Spike or not, they're probably not going to have as much money to spend on talent as they did in the past. I mean, you know, the last thing before we go to break, it's very simple. You you almost wonder if Dixie Carter, who, you know, is living in a dream world most likely most of the time, but do you think, how do you, if you're Dixie Carter, if you don't have a deal pretty much in stone with just crossing, dotting the I's, crossing the T's, how do you go and have a show, which I know that Wrestle One in Japan is going to go and take care of a lot of the publicity and everything, how do you go and announce a show for Tokyo, Japan, when you may not have a a television partner to go and promote the damn thing, you're gonna have to be that farewell, the uh, farewell show. Oh my god, it's a scary thing, and I know I'm the TNA apologist, TNA Mark, as everyone likes to say. You are, but uh, it's gonna be an interesting time over the next, you know, two or three months to see what exactly happens. But uh, we'll be back in a matter of moments with some more of the Work Shoot Wrestling podcast where we'll dive into a little bit of SummerSlam and uh, this WWE conference call that will be happening on Thursday. Be right back. Oh, and in case you forgot, DJZ is better than everybody in the X Division. More importantly, DJZ is better than everybody in New York City. And Destination X is going to be my time to shine and prove that I run this X division. And most importantly, I am the king of New York. Workshoot Podcast is back. Corey Richmond, Jason Brooks, just like every week. 
we went in segment one speaking about TNA Impact, if it was still going to be around by the time October hit. Well, a company that has been around for a very long time, and even though they may have some problems with the amount of people who may be getting their network, they still have their second, or depending on what you think, third biggest show of the of the year coming up, the final big show on the WWE Network for people to subscribe when it started. SummerSlam, uh, we got week two of the build. We now have three matches in, that we know about, with mostly a couple more that I think are pretty obvious, but... We had week two of the build of Paul Heyman on the mic representing Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. We now know we have Wyatt versus Y2J for a second time. And the match that might be terrible to watch but could be very interesting in the build, we got Stephanie McMahon-Helmsley. I guess it's just Stephanie McMahon now. uh, Versus Brie Bella. Any of those things or anything from Raw itself stood out? this past week? I mean, I, I thought this was a, a really good show, um, better than last week. Um, I really enjoyed the interplay between Cena and Heyman. I thought that was really good. I thought Cena, you know, and I, I did say talk about this on Twitter, at work, shoot pod, of course. Um, I, I wanted to see serious Cena, and I think that because of the opponent, I surmised that we would get the more serious Cena in these promos, and it was a good start to that. I thought Cena was really intense and talked about the passion. I like that storyline where he's got the passion and the fire, but Brock's kind of the animal with no passion. Uh, I loved what Heyman said. Uh, I, I thought it was just great interplay between the two of them. Probably one of Cena's better promos in a while, so I thought that was tremendous. Um, the Cesaro stuff I thought was interesting, but we can get to that uh, you know, later. The one thing I want to talk about, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Sure. Uh, we've talked about this guy in the past, hashtag Captain Boring, Randy Orton. I, I think I may have stated this on the show, but I definitely talked about this on Twitter. They need to get him away from the world title picture. You know what I mean? I think it's hurting his character. I think it's slowing him down. I think it makes him look like a wuss. I think they need to get him away from that, get him back to being the kind of kick-ass heel that he has been in the past. I thought um, what he did last night, uh, first of all, they definitely separated him from the authority, at least in a, a little bit, with the whole Triple H thing. But I thought the attack on Reigns was great. I thought it was very kind of old-school Orton, where he seemed like he was kind of out of his mind. Uh, I thought it was a great, great uh, heel attack. And, you know, the crowd was not chanting boring. They weren't. You know, over it, they were they were into that, and I thought it was a great, um, uh, great angle, great segment. Uh, what, what do you think about that? About them getting him away from the title picture, freshening up his character a little bit, and uh, really doing some different things with him. Well, I agree, but I think that WWE right right now is looking at the bigger picture, and the bigger picture isn't Randy Orton. I think the bigger picture is. Feeding a credible main eventer to Roman Reigns, which I think is a slippery slope where you don't want to bury one guy to help another. But I agree with you that it might be a time, like if we had the the the, the greatest idea that ever that will never happen, if you had an off-season for wrestlers, this would be a time that Randy Orton is off TV for like three months or two months so he can rest up, freshen up things. But, you know, 
in the uh, WWE Vince McMahon style doing things, you're there until you drop. And at you know maybe the second time I'll, I'll mention his name on the show, that's kind of maybe what happened to CM Punk, where it was just too much, not enough you know not enough breaks to freshen up and to rejuvenate everything. So that's on a separate issue. I understand that, but I think the bigger picture right now is that you you want to see this angry, more sadistic side of Randy Orton. So when Roman Roman Reigns slays the Viper at SummerSlam, it means more. Because, you know, Randy, uh, when Roman Reigns is Superman punching people here and there, it's a nice spot, but does it mean anything? You know, him, him winning singles matches, winning singles feuds, is what's going to build Roman Reigns as being a credible contender by WrestleMania, or a guy who's going to win the Royal Rumble so he gets that shot at Mania to win the title. I think, yes, Captain Boring was showed something like that we haven't seen in a while, but I think the idea of him being someone who's a former champion that still wants the title tells you how important the title is and also how much Roman Reigns having to beat this guy will make Roman Reigns a credible guy to go and eventually be in that title picture. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I, I did like that. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, you know, Corey, we talked about this before, and I know we talked about this last week a, a little bit with Christopher Morton about the you know, lack of uh, women's storylines in general. But, man, now women's uh, wrestling is finishing Raw. The deep, the, I don't want to call them the deep. I think it's stupid. But uh, the women finishing Raw, a main event Raw angle, um, I thought it was great. I thought Stephanie was tremendous as usual. Um, and, you know, the AJ Page thing I thought was interesting. I, I really enjoyed what they did with the women this week. I think that was, you know, probably the highlight of the show. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think the highlight of the show was most likely the match between uh, Rollins and and Jericho. Well, I thought but, the Cena Cesaro match was awesome, too. Oh, I, oh this is going to bring up something I wanted to bring up a little bit later, but I think we had two really, really good singles matches. I mean, it would have been nice to see them built a little bit more than 45 seconds beforehand by, you know, it's Cena versus Cesaro, and then... You know, a match that I think is most likely pay-per-view quality in Seth Rollins versus Jericho. But we'll get to that in a few moments. But I think it was a pretty... I agree with you. I think it was a really solid show. There was a lot less filler. I mean, yeah, you had the, uh, you know, the Damien Sandow as a, you know, as an astronaut. And, you know, Fandango versus, you know, whichever member of the El Matadors isn't hurt right now. You know, I mean... Yeah, you had that filler, but as a top-to-bottom show, I thought it was one of the more impactful shows, and it was most likely the best show since uh, we had the return of Y2J a couple, you know, about a month and a half ago. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you had two very excellent matches. I mean, I said this on Twitter, too. When's the last time we've seen Rollins have a bad match? I mean, they, you know, Jericho's done well, too, in his return in terms of his uh, work rate. Cesaro uh, and Cena was was tremendous as well. Um, it was a little weird, and Cesaro still, you know, I don't know, Corey. Where are you going with this guy? Where are you going with him? He comes out, he's kind of a heel, but he did the swing. Um, he's not a Paul Heyman guy, but they don't really explain what happened with him and Paul Heyman. 
Um, they've kind of derailed his push a little bit. Ugh, whatever. But it was a great match um, with him and Cena. And, and Rollins, like I said, and, and Jericho did, you know, a tremendous, tremendous job as well. Yeah, I, I just, I, I thought it was a good show. It was a good, succinct, impactful show. And you know what? I think that it's been a better build than I, ex- I mean, I liked, for the most part, I guess, more than you did from what I remember. Last year's build for SummerSlam when we had, remember this guy, Daniel Bryant, uh, facing John Cena, which, you know, we all know where that led to and everything that's happened to since with the authority. Can you imagine that was a year ago already? But um, I think that SummerSlam has a good possibility to be a very strong pay-per-view this year that will help people get, you know, make the decision to most likely buy the network. And I think that's the business they're in right now. I don't think, just like TNA is not in the pay-per-view business, which we noticed by the few people who buy them, I don't know if WWE really is in the pay-per-view business anymore. They're in the network business and they're in the TV viewership business. You know, so I mean, and I think the TV ha- this TV was good. I expect next week's TV to be good, even though it's going to be most likely we'll get Brock next week, and we won't get Cena because I believe Cena is once again going to be filming a movie. You know, this movie that he's doing the Jud- Judd Apatow movie. But I think that this is going to be a very interesting time for the WWE, and I believe that SummerSlam is going to be a very good show, and it feels like it's building towards that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I agree. Now, now that we got you know got all the, the happy things from Raw, I'm just wondering because we spoke about this. I know you don't want, you don't like it when I say this, but until we have an actual name for the group, I'm going to say it again. Can you tell me what in the world Nation 2.0 was doing during that six man? Did I miss something in commentary on why they were out there uh, with those six particular guys? Because they really just look like three, you know, three guys who uh, decided they didn't like their seats and they decided to go and stand in front of the announce team. I mean, yeah, I yeah. don't three, really know what three, their point three, was. Three well-dressed, you know, pretty um, bigger-than-average black men basically watching the show. I, you know, I, I did comment on this, too. And, and, you know, some of the feedback that I got was, you know, let it breathe. It's only been a week. Um, they did wrestle on main events, and they, they won their match. I think Big E and Kofi tagged, and they won. So give us some time. Maybe it's going to be a slow build, and it's something that's going to build up a little more after SummerSlam, which I'd be okay with. Um, I did think it was weird, but it looks like they're definitely going with the, and I guess there was some stuff on the app where they talked, and they didn't really reveal anything as to the group's intentions on the app. So there's going to be some mystery behind them until they, probably until after the pay-per-view, which is okay. I don't know. Uh, You know, I think, I commented that they should just come out there and beat them all up. They should beat everybody up. But I think maybe taking a patient approach is okay. Um, And really taking their time with it is what, we already know it looks like Xavier Woods is going to be the, the, mouthpiece of the group, which makes the most sense because he's the only one who can talk out of those three. <laughs> but the other guys, Jesus, it's brutal. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a little bit of time before I say you know, yay or nay for the gimmick. Oh, I'm not killing the gimmick. I mean, I think it goes somewhere, but I was just it just felt very weird that it just, they were standing out there 
They didn't get on the microphone. They didn't attack anybody. There wasn't like a moment when they were out there where they were about to maybe attack, you know, maybe a Dolph Ziggler or, you know, cost anybody a match. It just was like, all right, we're standing out here. And the only, the only you know, thing that we really heard was Jerry Lawler saying, you know, we can't see through these see through these guys. I was like, um, okay. Uh, we had the end of, I mean, I guess maybe enough stuff happened. And if I wasn't looking through some stuff, just remembering what happened, maybe I would have also forgotten. But why did Bo Dallas no longer have his streak? Did, uh, did he do something? Did they decide to sour on the gimmick? I mean, I didn't think it's getting that over, but I mean, our truth is the guy that ends the, uh, the quote-unquote, you know, streak? Any opinion on Bo Dallas and no longer having anything? I, it sounds like they still like Bo Dallas, so I don't know. And then he attacked him at the end. I think that was part of, another, uh, you know, uh, extending the storyline a little bit. So I don't know. I don't think that's going to hurt him. Um, I think he'll be fine still. I think they like him. I think his character's been getting over with the fans. Uh, so I, I, you know... He even did like a babyface promo against Sandow last week. So I think maybe they're figuring out where to go with him, but I think he's done a good job in a gimmick except for that stupid, horrible finisher. Um, so I think you're okay with him. The, the Sandow thing I thought was, I thought it was hilarious. I think he's funny. I mean, I just think he's great. Adam Rose, Corey, I, I, I just, I know we talked about it last week and, um, you know, our buddy Jonathan Olivo said this as well. I just, I don't see it. I don't think the fans are interested. I don't think they give a shit. I, I, I think they're I think they're over it. I really do. And I think you can't repackage them in terms of Leo Kruger. You know, they they basically have to just keep going with it, and maybe fans will catch on. But I don't think anybody cares. I really don't. He gets no reaction. I mean, that's the worst thing, right? With Sandow, as much as you know, people are whatever with this gimmick, and he still gets a reaction every time he's out there. Um, Rose, nobody cares about at all. Now, I was going to save this, but we'll bring it up here, and then we'll talk about it more, mostly in segment three. Could you see Adam Rose being one of these guys that get gets cut when we uh, see these supposed cuts on Thursday, which uh, we briefly mentioned earlier? Do you think this could be a quick hook, or do you think he's safe for a little while? Um, I think they just brought his character in. Uh, so I would say that he's, he'll probably be safe. I, I don't see him getting cut this soon. Like he, And he also just won his match, too. Um, he just won the match. So, I, I, no, I don't, I, don't think he'll, I don't think he'll get cut, no. Where do you th- I mean, where do you think they're going with this Fandango thing right now? Because Fandango is a guy who was... Mid-card, year- mid-card feud. I mean, I think just a mid-card, I think a mid-card the- feud. Kind of no, a nowhere feud. But who's the, who's the feud with? I mean, are we leading to uh, Layla and Summer Rae actually representing a new guy or something? Because right now, I like Fandango as a worker. Johnny Curtis, who I think is pretty good in the ring. I don't think he. I think he's a better talker than he's mostly given credit for. I mean, he's a horrible yeah. dancer. Which I think it's part of the funny part about the gimmick. <laughs> yeah. But he's lost to Zack Ryder last week. He lost to Fernando. I mean, he's not exactly losing to upper upper echelon guys right now. You know, it's kind of like the lower mid-card is getting wins out of nowhere. It's like, what is this? It's almost, you almost, you know, with these cuts coming, it's almost like we're giving these couple of guys one last chance to possibly impress before we uh, we ship them out to sea, you know? 
Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's it. But I think that's the point, right? Is that since Fernando lost these women, his kind of strangle, you know, his power is gone, and so because his power is gone, he's not as effective in the ring, and that's why he's losing these uh, matches to guys who aren't as good as him. So I think that's kind of the point behind the storyline. Um, I think it's kind of a mid card, you know, nowhere feud. I, I don't think it's, I don't really think it's anything. Um, I mean. I think the Cesaro thing, I know we've talked about him so much. I think that's really the fascinating part. Where do they go with him? Do they turn him into a heel? Or do they keep him as a heel, I should say? Do they turn him into a baby face? Do they, do they just do nothing with him for a while? Um, I've really been disappointed in what they've done with him since, since WrestleMania. And I was thinking about this too. You know, with Paul Heyman, you know, he's done a great job with, CM Punk, who was a really over big guy. He's done a great job with Brock, who was a really over big guy. But his Curtis Axel and Cesaro, yeah, he didn't do so great with those guys. Um, Cesaro was almost, was almost a vehicle to keep him on television before they brought Brock back. And Curtis Axel was almost just a pawn in a Brock Lesnar CM Punk feud. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I just I feel like that hasn't really been effective. Where do you see them going with Cesaro? Do you see them keeping him as a heel, turning him to a baby face eventually? I I think he's kind of going to be the uh, an in between guy right now, which is going to be like the the hired gun for you know the uh, the gun for hire for uh, all these other feuds, and maybe after SummerSlam or Night of Champions when. Brock is, you know, back to being here once every, maybe once a month or less. Maybe we restart something. I mean, right now, I almost think it's foolish. Unless he's going to get a huge victory over someone that matters. I don't see any point of, you know, really doing anything with him because it's just going to get lost in all the other major bills during SummerSlam. He's one of my favorite guys. He's one of your favorite guys. But if they're just going to continually run in circles... Maybe, you know what, take him off TV for a while. You don't have to repackage him into a new guy. But, you know what, have something happen. You could even do something as simple as he's there to go and help, you know, help Brock. And somehow he accidentally gets, you know, knocked out or something, gets hurt. And we could put him on the shelf for two months so we can bring him back fresh. Or you can either bring him back to feud with somebody, feud with Heyman and, you know, Lesnar. Or something, you know, around there. But right now, I think that... Unless he's going to get a major win against somebody, I don't even think a win against Sheamus. Whenever we see Sheamus come back, I think uh, last week had the flu, and this week he's in Ireland. That's why he wasn't at any of the TV tapings. I I don't really see who he's going to match up right now that would matter if he's there or not there. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We'll see where they go with him. Um, But it looks like he's kind of back to mid-card status where... Um, it looked like they were going to, you know, really give him a good push before. Now, the last thing before we go to break, I'm just wondering, because I know you've, you've kind of started to enjoy this angle a lot more than I have. Can you give me any idea what you think the cosmic key is with this whole entire Stardust and Goldust thing? Because I'm hoping it's idea of them going into the tag team titles, but this is just getting weirder, and I'm not sure if it's getting weirder for the better. I mean, it's super weird, but I mean... I don't know. I mean, I think Cody's done a good job with it. I don't really know what any of it means. I'm pretty confused myself. Um, but, hey, at least they're, they have a role on TV. Um, the tag team division is 
doing okay. And, you know, they'll have a role in that. At least they won't be getting squashed every match. Um, you know how I feel about Cody. Every time they give him a gimmick, whether it's good or crappy, he does a good job with it. I think he's doing well with this gimmick. I don't think it's a gimmick that's really going anywhere. But, you know, he's on TV. I mean, what else are you going to say, really? Uh, just a mid-card gimmick for him. And uh, on that note, we're going to go to break. We'll be back with the uh, final segment of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Check out Jay every week uh, talking on Twitter at Workshoot Pod and follow my random thoughts here and there at Paladin808. We'll be back in a moment. Have I thought about making the leap to WWE over the years? Yeah, I've, I've, I've come close a couple times here and there and had really good conversations with Vince over the years. That's why I laugh when people say, Sting will never go out there. He says he'll never go. When did I ever say I'll never go to WWE? I mean, who wouldn't want to face John Cena? I mean, Randy Orton, The Rock. I mean, come on. I have a lot of fans that would like to see me versus Triple H. WWE Network. uh, You can go and watch SummerSlam, you know, uh, I guess this Saturday. And every Saturday heading towards uh, SummerSlam, a classic SummerSlam. If you're watching commercials, uh, WWE Network is... Is the focus? I don't even remember hearing the word pay per view anymore. So as we speak on that, this uh, this Thursday we'll be getting the updated numbers for the WWE Network. Uh, the initial numbers were six hundred sixty-seven thousand plus, which you know I would say was a good opening. It was under the amount that Wall Street wanted, and that's why you know the stock plummeted. You know basically. More than half, but it's going to be interesting to see where this number is. I mean, I think if they get up to eight hundred thousand, that would be great. Seven fifty is, you know, I guess would be the more hope high end. But if you believe, you know, what's been coming out over the last couple of days from reliable sources like you know PW Insider and ProWrestling.net, Figure Four, you know, online, that there's going to be some cuts coming. On that Thursday, that might mean that this number isn't as good as we hoped. But uh, Vince McMahon will let everybody know on Thursday morning. What do you think we're going to see coming out of this conference call? Do you think uh, it's going to be good news? Or do you think for the idea that we're hearing, roster cuts are on their way that may not be that good of news? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, So going by complete speculation, if there's a lot of talk that... And um, I have to, I'll give credit. Dave Shear of PWI Insider reported this. So if there's a lot of talk in the backstage in the WWE or just a lot of talk in the WWE that they're going to be cuts on Thursday and the numbers are going to come out on Thursday, they already know what the numbers are. So then that would give you the indication that maybe the numbers are not going to be great um, or as good as they want it to be. So... You know, if I had to guess, I'd say the numbers aren't going to be as high as they want it to be. Now, I guess we don't exactly know what number they want to shoot for. We know that the one million number is a big one, but if they get eight hundred thousand, is that good? If if they get eight fifty, is that good? I mean, I think eight fifty sounds. Uh, you know, I think eight fifty would be a good number. It sounds like that may be high for what what they can get, but if they've got like seven hundred and fifty, I think that's not good. So. You know, I think at least a hundred, a hundred twenty-five thousand 
is it would be would be where they would minimum like to be. But I don't know. And, and then all the you know talking about these guys getting cut, you know, I don't think they're gonna cut NXT guys because you know the performance center is one thing. So they're gonna cut guys in the roster again after cutting guys in the roster before this. So then who do you cut? I mean, they've already they already cut eleven people. Um, and how much will that hurt the morale backstage? Guys are already frustrated because they're not getting, they haven't gotten their payoffs from pay-per-views because there's no more pay-per-views. But they haven't gotten payoffs for the network because the WWE doesn't have the money to pay them because they're losing money for, from the network. So, you know, there's definitely got to be some interesting talk backstage and, and these guys really have to be on their P's and Q's. And now, you know, the TNA may not, there may not be a company there. So there's not another place for them to even go back to. So this is a very interesting time in, in, in the WWE in terms of uh, the backstage stuff, in terms of, of the business side of the business. I'll be honest. If I'm Titus O'Neil, I better make sure that uh, me, me doing, you know, fathers, uh, the importance of being a father campaign helped you make sure that you uh, continue having a job so you can support, you know, the kids that were in the commercial. Let's be honest here. I don't know if he might be one of those guys could be on the cutting block. I mean... I think if you're a guy like, you know, Roman Reigns, you have nothing to worry about. But if you're a guy like Zack Ryder, you may want to make sure that, you know, you have the number to, you know, the independents out there in, you know, Jersey, you know, Jersey All-Pro Wrestling or something. Let's be honest. I mean, you know, the, the writing could be on the wall. But yeah, I, mean, I mean, he went from a guy, and uh, this is something eventually, and I did read the article that you, uh, told, that you talked to me about the Zack Ryder thing. I do want to talk about that in a minute, but if he does get a, get released, what a fall from grace for that guy. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the article we're referring to is on Facebook. Uh, Mick Foley, who puts out some interesting stuff here and there, is talking about uh, Zack Ryder on a story, just saying how, you know, he was one of those guys who brought himself up, and the WWE just basically didn't let the fans really choose what they wanted. You know, I mean, he went and got his own, you know, internet show that was a huge success. He was hobnobbing with main eventers who were going and saying all these great things about him. And then WWE let him sell his couple of his T-shirts. And all of a sudden, he's, you know, maybe on Superstars once in a while. The only guy who most likely is on TV less at times than him was a recently released, you know, JTG. You know, so, I mean, it is interesting to see where this is going. I don't think, well, let me, let me ask you this. Do you think that since WrestleMania, when that first initial uh, we had the numbers for the network, do you think the product has been good enough that people would be running, besides wanting to see the old stuff and $10 a month for pay-per-view, has it been product good enough that 125,000 more people or whatever number would be jumping to go and order this order the product? Basically what I'm saying is, has the product been good enough for people who are on the fence at WrestleMania to go and give their money to WWE for six months, you know, at a time. Yeah. So that's interesting, right? So is has the product been good enough? Is it is that what they're selling? Are they is the network selling us on the current product, or is the network selling us on the net or on the features available on the network? You know what I'm saying? Like, does the product need to be great for them to sell us on the network? Or they do they need to do a better job of selling us on the network. Um, it's probably more of a double-edged sword, but 
I think I think the product's been good. I think the network's completely worth it. I think if you have um, you know, PS3 or an Xbox or a Roku or Chromecast or whatever the hell you have, um, I think it's absolutely worth it. It's ten dollars and you get all the papers. I mean, to me, it doesn't even make sense um, why more people don't have it, and, and maybe more people will have it on Thursday. We'll see. Um, but I think the product has been pretty solid. I think some of the matches, some of the papers have been good. I think Battleground was okay, uh, but Money in the Bank was good, and some of the papers have been good. So I don't know. I don't. I don't see why people. And I've, you know, I've said this on a podcast a few times. I don't see why people wouldn't buy this network. It doesn't make sense to me. Let me ask you. I, 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 some of the content, I can see the content on the network itself being a little bit whatever because some of the stuff on there is great. You know, pay-per-views, um, some of the specials they have on there are great. But, like, they don't have a – they have a ton of stuff, but they don't have a ton of stuff, new stuff all the time. A lot of, a lot of the things that are on there are – you're kind of getting what you get. You know, like, I want to see old AWA. I want to see old Nitros. I want to see, you know, more of those type of things. But kind, they're kind of giving us what's already there. So, because, okay, so if your question is, have they uh, improved the network to a large degree since the number came out? I would say they haven't. I would say, I would say a lot of the stuff on the network is what they already had. Um, so in that way they haven't, but you get the papers for $10. So I don't know. I mean, I might be wrong. I haven't looked today, but I'm still waiting for, you know, episode 107 of ECW hardcore, you know, TV. Cause that was the last one they put up, you know, basically when the, uh, the network launched. So, you know, you may want them <laughs> to maybe update a couple of things. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a nitpick. I mean, I don't think that's a nitpick person. I think you got to go and keep on updating what's on there. If you get have people watch a product, you want to be able to yeah, continue I, the story. I think the best thing that the network did was the Ultimate Warriors thing. I think that oh, yeah, was the best. I think that's the best thing they've done in terms of something that unfortunately just happened, you know, him passing, and then them putting all these things together in memory of him. I think that's the best thing the network's done so far. And I feel like that was like an exclusive to the network. Like, if you had the network, you got these memories of the warrior and these things of the warrior and seeing the warrior. And I don't feel like if there was an issue I had with the network, I feel like they don't do much of that, like exclusive, like see this on the network or, you know, things like that. There's really none of there's really none of that. Like, if you want to relive the past, you have it. If you want to watch the papers, you have it. But that's kind of where it begins and ends. And NXT, of course. We love NXT. But, like, main event, who gives a shit? You know, some of these other things, the backstage pass, who cares? So that's where I think that the network isn't the best. If I had any issue with the network, that's what it would be. I don't know how they improve that. Maybe they put more exclusive stuff out there. I don't know. Um, but at this point, they may not have the money to put that out there if these numbers don't come out in the right way, so... I mean, one thing, I mean, we'll get off this thing with the network. You know, I don't like, I don't want to bury the network because, like I said, I, but I'm wondering, and this is something that over the next couple of weeks, I, hopefully we'll be able to track and see, but you, when you got the network initially, you were watching it, you know, a ton. How much do you, besides the pay-per-views and NXT, how often do you watch the network nowadays? Is it, are you still watching it, you know, 10, or, 10 hours a week or whatever? Are you? No. 
I mean, it's one of those things where I think it's very similar to, yes, we're going to mention the word MMA for another second. It's very interesting, you know, like with UFC uh, TV with the Fight Pass, which is also $10, they're doing their own thing, that when you first get these things, you're watching them constantly, and then as time goes along, you watch less and less of it. And you wonder that when it comes time to renew or you're looking at different things, how important is the WWE Network where if you weren't buying every pay-per-view in the first place every month, you know, the idea is would it kill someone that if they decided after SummerSlam not to have the network for basically, you know, four months and then when Royal Rumble comes around, you renew again? I mean, I could see that happening where who really needs to watch some of these B pay-per-views in between, especially when Survivor Series is basically a B pay-per-view also. You know, you got uh, Hell in a Cell and different pay-per-views that aren't exactly, you know, that important. I can see people saving, you know, 30 bucks or so and saying, all right, Night of Champions is over. I'm gonna, I'll renew when Royal Rumble comes along and I'll get the Rumble and Mania. And, you know, and, um, and if it works out that way, I'll also get SummerSlam possibly, you know? I mean... Yeah, sure, no, that's... Corey, I think that's a really, really good point. I think that we already know that kind of period from SummerSlam through Survivor Series is, you know, and, and people say Survivor Series really isn't great. That December pay-per-view sometimes is interesting, um, but not always. So a lot of times from SummerSlam almost to freaking Royal Rumble, it's kind of a, not a dead period, but kind of a weaker period. I mean, that happened last year after the, you know, that great SummerSlam with Brock and CM Punk and, by Daniel Bryan, that was a great. I thought that was a great SummerSlam, and then after that, things kind of teetered off a little bit. So now, would I do that? Would you do that? No, probably not. We pay for the network. We do the show every week, so we're kind of there. But I don't know if I was a consumer if I wouldn't say, "All right, you know what? Like, I don't need this." Um, I think I, I don't know. I feel like it'd be a lot to say. Well, I'm going to get rid of it, but. I don't know. I, I think I, I think it's interesting. Um, if this is what I will say, okay. I think the, I think the pay per views are enough, getting the pay per views for ten bucks is enough to have the network. In my opinion, the value is there. However, if you don't think the value is there from just having a pay per views for ten dollars a month, then I could see not having the network until the rumble. I mean, if the pay-per-views are not, are, are not enough for you, because I don't know if there's enough on there to keep you going for the next couple of months until the Rumble. And you know what? I mean, I think this uh, this conference call is going to be very interesting. I mean, we're going to see what the future of this network is going to be. I mean, there if you if you read certain places, there's a chance maybe they they raise the price a couple of bucks to make up for the you know the amount of people that are actually have the network. You know, if it's being less, it's a less than, you know, they hope for. So, you know, that becomes an issue. Do you want to, it's one thing if you're spending $10 a month, if you're spending 13 you know. It's, I mean, that's, of course, is always, it's all speculation. The good chance, you know, there's a chance when uh, it comes along, it will still be $9.99 a month. You know, there's people who say that maybe the Rumble and Mania might go back to being a pay-per-view. There's a lot of things that we're going to learn, I think we're going to learn this Thursday. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, man, it's a big, it's a big Thursday. I'll be on a plane, Corey, going to Denver, Colorado. So unfortunately, I won't be around for the, um, I won't be around for the 
to see how things work out. I mean, I'll be around, hopefully, if the plane freaking <laughs> lands right and I don't, you know, die in a plane. But um, uh, I can't say that. My girlfriend would be very, uh, she's afraid to fly. So, but, um, so assuming we get there in one piece and whatever, I will be, while I'll be drinking an adult beverage at some brewery, um, I will be checking my phone to see the latest on, on network and numbers and, and w- where those things are. Speaking of traveling, Corey, you were in San Diego. We didn't talk much about it um, last week, but you were in San Diego for Comic-Con. Uh, for those who are friends with Corey on Facebook, he, he really told us a lot about his trip. Um, the pictures that were on Facebook were just scantily clad women, none of which he was taking pictures with. Uh, he was taking pictures of um, which reminded me of like a, you know, a perv who's kind of on the sidelines just taking pictures of women for no reason. Corey, uh, tell us about your experience at Comic Con. How, how was it? Did you enjoy yourself? Did you do anything crazy there? You did. You did put a couple of interesting messages on Facebook. Tell, tell us about your trip a little bit. Well, I, I didn't see uh, TNA Impact live on Thursday, but I did see my share of TNA. Um, I, it was a good time. I mean, uh, I, I enjoyed, you know, I'm one of those guys who, you know, just like everyone has stuff that they nerd out and geek over. I mean, besides wrestling, I'm a big fan of, you know, Doctor Who and uh, some other stuff out there in the sci-fi world, which is, and some comic books, you know, Superior Spider-Man and Letter 44. So, I mean, you know, went to look at some comic books, saw uh, some of the interesting stuff that they have, the 75th anniversary of Batman, which was kind of cool. What, um, like, what do they do for? Like, what do they what do they do for this? Like, the seventy fifth anniversary of Batman. Like, what do they do? They bring back old Batman's. Was Adam West there? Like, what do they do for that? Uh, actually, Adam West was there. He did. A, I, he was part of a panel for. Uh, you know, I guess Family Guy didn't need him that week to go and uh, be the mayor of Kohat. But um, it was a lot of you know a lot of fun stuff. You they had a display for like uh, a lot of different of the cowls. The cloaks, I guess you could say, that uh, Batman wore, that people developed, you know, with different colors and stuff was kind of cool. You know, there was um, a lot of, a lot of this stuff is, you know, people collect your stuff where you have exclusives for, um, like, if you were a fan of Superman, Mattel, who does, just to mention, they had a panel for the uh, WWE toys that, I guess, come out every year. A panel like, for the toys? What they, what they do? They just talk about how great the toys are? Like, what, is, what, what do they do? What panel? The toys. Oh, it was the uh, the like a launch? You know, they they had um, John C. I believe they had John Cena there. I, I might be wrong on that, but they Hulk Hogan was there. You had uh, Michael Cole, Daniel Bryant. You had some guy named uh, Sting was there, unex- who decided to come by unexpectedly. Oh, did you get did you get any uh, any love from from your boy, your favorite of all time? I I didn't go to that. I I was busy, Why? Uh, you didn't go to that. Did you tell Sting about the pod? Were you with a lady? Maybe a, a lady of the night uh, with, with something going on there. That you, I mean, why wouldn't you want to see your favorite wrestler of all time? I didn't know he was going to be there. About this tremendous podcast that you did. Because I didn't know he was going to be there? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I, went I, to this, why? I, well, I spoke to uh, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, uh, Mr. Anderson. Uh, I saw Virgil, you know, uh, standing around waiting for someone to say hello. I passed by that. Vir- um Wow, Virgil, how's he looking nowadays, huh? Uh, he's looking like a man who's in his 50s. <laughs> all right, that's all right, that's all right, that's all right. You should have given him told him about the podcast. Maybe we can get Virgil on. Do you, remember, memories. do you remember him speaking in the 80s? Do you really want to see that? 
that, that, I that's mean, not pretty. Hey, you know what? The fact people love the past. You know, I loved Virgil back in the day. Uh, I saw uh, the writer for Headlock uh, Comics, which uh, Mr. Kingston, who's a very nice guy, who hopefully possibly have on the podcast in the next couple of weeks. Now, what's this Headlock Comics? What's this? Explain this to the, to the audience. Uh, it's a comic book that's about a guy who wants to become a professional wrestler. Okay. And talk about his journey and the front cover artwork is done by WWE's own uh, Hall of Famer, Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, you have different people who have contrib- contributed, RVD, it's Christopher Daniels, who I saw there, who actually just came out with his first issue of his new comic book. Um, like I said, Mr. Anderson's been involved. A lot of guys have given, you know, like, stories and different things like that in yeah. their, their accounts. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. I mean, uh... All right, let's get to the good stuff, Corey. All right. Um, what, 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 anything with the ladies, anything with the, the whatever? Give us some story. You were in San Diego. You were in a beautiful place. There were beautiful women from all these pictures you put on Facebook where you're, you're, in, a, you're in a corner by yourself taking pictures of these, of these women. Tell us some stories. What was what was happening? What was going on? What did you do there? Like, what, what um, about the, after, the parties afterwards? Well, let's see. Saturday, I went to... Uh, the Nerdist podcast with uh, Chris Hardwick, which was uh, right. pretty cool. He had uh, Michael Rooker from uh, The Walking Dead as one of his guests. All right. And Ev- Evangeline Lilly, I believe her name is. I might be screwing that up from Lost. Who, uh, okay. if you listen to that particular podcast, which I guess will be up in the next week or two, when she drinks, she can be very funny and very foul mouth. So that, that was entertaining. All right. Um, after that, I went around the corner and I saw San Diego's version of Coyote Ugly. If you remember the uh, the film, which I don't know if it was very good, but, you know, you got the idea of what Coyote Ugly was. Yeah, you know, very attractive women, you know, trying to, you know, sing while they're dancing on the bar and having other women come up and dance with them, which was always fun, you know. That was my 9.30 to 2, two o'clock in the morning experience. 9.30 to 2 in the morning. What, what were you doing all the time, just looking at these women? You know, watching. Were they available to talk to, or were they just trying to be superstars up there? Some of them talked. I mean, you know, I got drunk off my ass, and that was... I was there for 15 minutes, and I had two double um, Jamesons and two single shots of Jaeger. That was what was going on? What, what was happening to you trying to loosen up a little bit with some Jaeger? Jaeger's gross, by the way. Oh, I like Jaeger. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jaeger. You're um, a big fan of Jaeger? I mean, apparently... You're uh, there from 9.30 to 2. Jägermeister, if you would like to sponsor the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast, I'll drink as much of your stuff as you want on the air, because the show can only get better with alcohol, which we have seen in the past. Um, so no, girl, no girls fell from the bar, right? They were all on the bar. None of them fell off the bar. I always worry. I've been to the Coyote Ugly, the one in New York City. I not, always not feel like when you, when you... What? Coyote Ugly New York City is nothing special. I mean, it's, it's, an, nothing it's, special. it's just there. So what made this one special? What made this one so much better? It's a lot more fun and you know a lot more interactive. You know, you get people doing body shots and stuff like that. Did you did you do any body shots off any of these these young ladies? No, because by the time that happened, I was barely walking. Uh, <laughs> That's what I like to hear. All right, let me put it this way: I don't drink as much as I used to, but for being thirty-five and going to be thirty-six in about a week. Oh my God, thirty-six. Um, I outdrank a lot of these 21-year-olds and all these things. I went and was drinking just as much as everybody else. I was having a good time. I think by the end of the night, I know I bought a 
a t-shirt from the place, but I have no recollection of buying it. <laughs> Just saying. Um, it was an entertaining night, you know, uh, hit on a couple of, uh, you know, attempted to hit on a couple of women, did it, wasn't successful, but, uh. That's all right, that's all right. A for, an A for effort is what I say. Yeah, um, went back the following day and ate breakfast there, that was fun, I had, you know, uh, watched the, watched the, uh, the less talented, I guess, ones, you know, bartending. Wait, 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 Coyote, Coyote, they have, a, they have breakfast? Well, at least at this location, it's a bar, and it's also, there's a restaurant that they own right next door. So there's just runs the whole time, women the whole time, excuse me, women the whole time walking on, on like, on a bar stool or on uh, the, the on the bar while you're eating, you're eating uh, bacon and eggs and there's women on the bar walking around? It can be, sure. Very interesting. Very, it was a good very, time. Very I mean, interesting. I will say, I'm not a huge fan of, of California, so if anybody who's listening from California, I love San Diego. Why were you not a huge fan of everywhere else? Because it's—I mean—San Diego is really chill, relaxed. LA is too much stuff going on. It feels like a lesser version of New York. And if I want to live it, if I want to be in New York, I'll be in New York. Cal- uh, San Francisco is just—I don't know—it's it's not my scene. It's a little too hipsterish. You know, I mean, San Diego just seems like a nice, a nice place to go and just chill out, party. And you know, it's it's a uh, like twenty degrees less every day than everywhere else. I mean, because it's the middle of the state, you're not sitting there with hundred and two degrees. It's like eighty, it's about seventy five to eighty one degrees every day. It was awesome. Got the gaslight district. Get, sorry, gas lamp, not gaslight. Gaslight, gas lamp district. Got a bunch of bars. Got a bunch of people. Like I guess I know it's a little bit different because it's Comic Con, and it's a mostly also a different group of people who are just a lot more chill. But it was a really good time. Um, hopefully, we'll be going back again next year. In my third year. I mean, I had a good time. Um, but like I said, it was a lot of fun. Took some pictures. Um, took some pictures initially of women in costumes. And then I was told, <laughs> was told that, you know, maybe you should take pictures of some of the other stuff at the convention. So the following days, I did that. I had, you know, a picture of Darth, the Darth Vader uh, car, which was kind of, which was pretty awesome. I did see I did see the Darth Vader car. I, I did I did see that. I was like, thank goodness he put something up other than pictures of you know, listen, everyone loves a good you know, pictures of women, but you know, you could take that any place. We wanted to, we wanted to see something else, get another experience. So all right, so in conclusion, what were the highlights for you? Um what were the highlights? Coyote ugly. Coyote ugly. <laughs> Coyote ugly. <laughs> they were very nice highs. Um no, that's, I, I really enjoyed, you know, one of the things I really enjoy is just walking the convention floor because it's something you can take over a couple of hours. You can walk from one side of the convention to the other. You see, you know, some of the new comic books, the new toys, the uh, video games. Like I said, everyone's really chill. Everyone's nice, you know. I mean, as, the, as it goes on, you got, you know, Friday, Thursday and Friday, there aren't as many people. Saturday, it's, like, it's basically a mob scene where you can barely move. Sunday, there's a lot more kids. I mean, it's really cool where everyone's, it sounds so, you know, ridiculous, but everybody's really uh, nice to each other. It's not, you know, people trying to go and upset other people, I guess you'd say. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Everyone's like just there to have a, everyone's just there to have a good time. I know what you're saying. Oh, and bringing up something from Comic-Con that I saw an article on, and I'm just going to get your opinion so we get back a little bit into the wrestling before we call it a day. In the uh, Daily Mirror, I believe it was, uh, WWE... Main eventer when he's there, 
Batista, Dave Batista, who's going to be part of uh, all this first huge comic book uh, movie release, Guardians of the Galaxy, which which is getting good reviews, by the way. Oh, it looks it looks really fun, and um, they've already greenlighted a second movie. So unless this thing you know bombs, uh, we're right on you know for a second one. But in that interview, Dave Batista said he, it's not if he's coming back, it's when. And uh, looks like he would like to work with Triple H at WrestleMania for a retirement match. Well, that's, what they, that's, that's, what, that's what they seem to be setting up anyway with them leaving the way he did. Mm-hmm. So I could definitely see them setting up some type of... But wasn't it when he first signed there, Corey, he was going to be there for a while? Like he was going to be there to stay? And I know he has the movie to promote. But I got the impression that he was going to be there for what, a year or two years on the road doing house shows. He was there for like three months, and I was like, "Well, I'll probably be back for a WrestleMania match." I mean, yeah. you know, maybe this maybe when he came back, it wasn't as successful as he thought it was going to be, and so he thought he'd be more the conquering hero. So now he's kind of like, "Well, do I really want to go back and deal with all that?" You know, I may have a successful movie franchise now. You know, it's it's interesting because I thought he was going to be back for a while. Now it sounds like, oh, what if he comes back? He's only was there for like four months. Like I said, I mean, it is interesting though to see that he said it's not when, it's not if, but it will be when. So he will be back. And you know what? I think the idea of him leaving is a good thing. It's like we said, you see, sometimes you need these guys to take a little time off to recharge the battery and then be fresh when they come back. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, you know, I, I think Batista's a, you know, a good character. I think he's, I think he kind of was much better as a heel than as babyface. I think they pushed him too, too, too much too soon, and the fans kind of were, um, rebelling against. We're not. Yeah, they they went against that. Um, they also were really looking to push Daniel Bryan. That's who they wanted to see win. And um, you know, now hopefully Batista will come back after his movie stuff and uh, you know have a good program with Triple H. Um, WrestleMania is interesting. We may already, I think after SummerSlam, you know, there could be some matches kind of, I don't want to say set up for Mania, but we may have some indication on where they could be going for some things at Mania, but we could talk about that at another time. Like I said, I mean, I like the idea of Batista coming back, and I think it might be a little bit fresh, your character, you know, everybody's favorite uh, skinny jean wearing uh, movie star. I mean, I'm expecting, you know, Guardians to do really well. I don't know if he'll be a major reason why. I mean, I don't know how much the man could actually act, but... Um, I, think that, I think that movie seems to be more based off of the franchise than, like, one guy in particular. I mean, I know Chris Pratt's in it, and he's great, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that movie's not just kind of built off of the movie itself, not off of one, like, main character. Oh, sure, I mean? no, I understand. Yeah, it's a, it's a, group, it's a group concept. Um, but it looked really good. I'm hoping that it's good. I mean, I'm hoping to see it in the next couple of weeks. Um... But moving on to a couple of things before we call it a day, because like I said, we went a little bit off track with the Comic-Con fun, which, you know, Coyote Ugly, I hope to see you guys again. Um, but TNA, uh, like we started off the show, looks like they're in quite a bit of trouble. Uh, but you know what? We said this at the beginning, which I, I mentioned, we kind of went, mentioned it, and then just moved on. But another good week of TV. And I mean, Corey, it was a great show. It was a tremendous show. They had good matches. They had good storyline setups. I, it was, I, I mean, I, I, this is what, they, what they're capable of. This is exactly the type of TV they're capable of. Good matches, simple storylines, 
and now they're not going to be a company. Maybe it's it's very it's very frustrating. I agree. Like Jesus, they finally figured this shit out, and now they're going to not be a company anymore, possibly. And like I said, the key word is here until we have an official word from Spike TV. This is all speculation. I mean, TMZ has been very good, you know, when it's come to wrestling stories lately in regards to, you know, things that are going on. As silly as it sounds, as TMZ being the main source for breaking wrestling stories. But TMZ is when it's come to, you know, stuff with Kurt Angle, with um, driving, you know, drunk, and some other stuff going on. I mean, people make fun of TMZ, but, like, they break stories. So, you know, uh, celebrity stories, and, I mean, for the most part, their sources and everything are legit. So it's not... You know, it's not real, not too crazy to think that they, they kind of have an in on this thing. Um, but, you know, like we've been saying, hopefully they'll stick around. I think Destination X, I think this has a chance to be a really, really good show. Um, I'm going to miss it, obviously. I'll be I'll be in Denver, but uh, I'll definitely Set be taking... the DVR. What you, yes, the DVR. yes, I, I, of course, yes. I DVR all the shows. <laughs> um, so, I'll, I'll, but I'll miss it live. You know what I mean? I won't be watching it till. Man, I won't be back till that Thursday, so I'll be watching it probably, you know, a week from when it first, you know, when it first airs. But I'm actually really excited about that show, and, and I would say I'm excited about the direction of the company, but you know, now we we don't know. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. Let me ask you this: one last thing on TNA. Like I said, we've got a couple things coming up. We got Lashley versus Aries, which I thought was a good segment. Yeah. The Wolves, which is. Uh, Richards and Edwards facing the Hardy Boys, who are now back together. That's all great. Now, you know, usually they say no news is bad news. If you got your name out there, more people are going to, you know, at least know you exist. Of course, this is terrible news that they might be losing Spike TV. But do you think there's a chance more people, even the, I, I mean, I don't know how many fans are, wrestling fans are watching TMZ on a regular basis, but do you think the idea of this news being on the front page of TMZ like that, do you think more people might actually tune in to see what's going on with uh, TNA in the week, the next week or two, just to see what's going, you know, why this product is either so bad that T- Spike TV is getting rid of it, or to see, you know, what's going on? Do you think? Because basically, I guess the idea is this: is another idea of no, no, no news is bad news as long as your name is getting out there. Do you think more people might watch who haven't watched I, TV I in a while because they actually know it exists again? Yeah, I think if there was more of a controversy and not like this, then maybe. I mean, I, you know what? I guess it's possible. I guess people could kind of say, hey, what have we been missing? Like, what, you know, whatever. Um, but I, jeez, I don't know. This is not the type of news that you want. It, you know, a couple of, you know, temporarily ratings pop for not being around in a couple of months. I mean, maybe that's not a, that's not a trade off I'd want to make, but. Um, yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible. Their ratings could be a little bit better after this. Uh, is there any other subjects you want to talk about before we uh, call this one a day? No, I'm I'm ready to wrap up, brother. We got um we got some things going on. I got to eat dinner. I'm hungry. Um, thank you guys for listening to the show as usual. Um, there's a bunch of ways to get a hold of us. We actually started a blog, which I want to tell you guys about. Um, so. It's the first time I've done a blog. It's it's our it's our blog, Corey and I's blog, um, Work Shoot uh, Work Shoot Wrestling. So we're on WordPress. So um, I think if you go to WordPress.com, you can find us at Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. But um, if you want to just type in our whole URL, it's Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast dot WordPress dot com. That's Work Shoot Wrestling. 
www.podcast.com. And I think, um, you know, we're going to be putting podcasts up, or, or sorry, blogs up, uh, you know, at least a couple times a week. Just with our thoughts, sometimes on wrestling, maybe Corey, you know, on Comic-Con and whatever. Just different things, uh, but mostly, obviously, wrestling. Um, just another way to get our opinions, to get our stuff out there. We'd love for you guys to check that out. Obviously, Twitter, great way to check us out, at WorkedShootPod. Uh, Corey does sometimes contribute on there as well, but it is mostly me. Um, at WorkedShootPod, that's the best way to get a hold of us on Twitter. We're on Facebook as well, at the Work Shoot Podcast. That's our Facebook page. Again, we put links up to kind of all of our stuff. And to get our podcast, you can go to iTunes, look us up on the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast, find all of our uh, old podcasts on there, or you can go to the website, uh, www.workshoot.podomatic.com. That's workshoot.podomatic.com. Corey, I remembered all that off the top of my head. Pretty good. Good for you. Um, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to go in it to present to say that. And you know what? Maybe on that blog, uh, Jay or myself, if we get a free moment, we'll get more into the whole Zack Ryder thing that we didn't get a chance to talk about this week. But maybe we'll get to talk about that somewhere down the line. We only have a certain amount of time every week to talk to you guys. But a couple people I'd love for you guys to check out. Of course, us. Uh, with me with uh, on the Twitter, Paladin808. Always check out our buddies at the Kitchen Sink Podcast, also on Podomatic. Uh, Chris Wizard and Eddie Z talk about everything, including the Kitchen Sink, except for politics and religion. I'm sure when they do come back in the next couple of weeks, they'll talk about some of the stuff that has been broken with com- in Comic-Con and other things. Uh, check out our buddy Christopher Morin, uh, blog about wrestling, MMA, sports, and whatever else is going on. And that crazy uh, head of his, which is always interesting and exciting, at mortenslaw.com. Uh, and like I said, check out the blog. Check out the uh, the Twitter, Workshoot, Workshoot Pod, which are always good. Um, working on a co-host or co-hosts for next week. Uh, hopefully maybe on the blog or on the uh, Twitter, we'll be able to go tell you who will be Joining me next week, because, as you know, uh, Jason will be in the Mile High City, maybe getting high off some uh, libations. I mean, it's legal out there. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Now, that on that note, um, okay. I don't even know how to follow that one up, but <laughs> it's going to be, a, a, in closing, you know, basically, it's going to be a very interesting next couple of weeks, days, months, on what's going to happen with the WWE Network. What's going to happen if TNA even exists? Ring of Honor does something that we can't, you know, we could talk about because we haven't talked about them in a couple of weeks. I mean, I know they did some taping, so Kevin Steen, like I said, more than likely is done there. But you know what? Thank you, everybody, like always, for uh, giving us a chance at the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. We will speak to you next week. For uh, Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond. Keep on listening. See ya. If I agree... To give you your job back, you'll agree to drop all charges against me? I agree. You agree? I agree. Awesome. Done deal. Oh, wait, there's um, just one more thing I want.
want a match at SummerSlam. The match I want is against you. Brie, look, I don't think you understand what you're asking of me. I haven't competed in this ring for over 10 years. I've dedicated my life to my career, to being a wife, you know something about that, to being a mom. I mean, Brie, please think about this. I will give Nikki a raise, I will give you your job back, I'll give you any match you want at SummerSlam, just, just not against me. Well, then I won't drop the charges. See you in court. Okay, if I agree to face you at SummerSlam, you agree to drop all charges. If you wrestle me at SummerSlam, I will drop all the charges. Make you my 